Welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. I'm here with Tyler Jones. And Tyler, since we last spoke, the Hawks lost a game in Memphis. And Trey Young scored 35 on the Cavaliers last night. Where are we supposed to think about this team at this point? Uh, that they're fun when they got it going like last night. That was a, you know, it's a fun game to watch. Um, it wasn't just Trey Young, but, you know, Trey Young's a big headliner. And it's, you know, it's good to see. Um, I think uh, something to know is that the Hawks, I think, are really making an emphasis to get him some catch-and-shoot threes. And, like, that really uh, – that really jump-started his game. And then after that, like after he got a couple like just wide-open looks, he just started going ham on the Cavs. Yep. And defense, do you, which... Do you know who were the two guys that really got him into that? Uh, Kevin Herter. Yep. And was it Bimbry? No, it was Vince. Vince did it twice. Just kind of plodding uh, yeah. around on the perimeter, just to kind of an old man dribble handoff, eat up a little bit of space. Like Carter was really bad on defense last night. But uh, Vince, oh, go ahead. A, yeah, <laughs> I, I was just gonna say Vince has been pretty bad on defense the entire sure. three games. So sure. that's but he played a really important role last night in getting Trey Trey Young off on the right foot when maybe not even off on the right foot because it really didn't happen until kind of late in the first quarter, early second quarter. But Vince Vince cleared the way for a couple of easy shots for him to get some rhythm. Yeah, and. Like, Trey, based on what I've seen from him, he, he seems to be a rhythm player. So, like, once he starts getting in a groove, his he, his entire repertoire, repertoire comes into uh, comes into play. So, it was good to see, uh, you know, Trey really put – just really dominate a game. Um, you know, it's, it's why the Hawks, you know, sought him out, you know, with the fifth pick. They traded down to get him. This was their guy, and this is – He's probably going to have more games like this, even this season, even though he's just a rookie, just due to the fact that his jumper is such a weapon. I mean, when you have to guard somebody 30 feet out, mm-hmm. like, that's just such – it's such a game-breaker. Like, it, you have – like, I mean, you saw what – like, if you compare what, what the Cavs were doing defensively to what the Knicks were, the Knicks gave Trey Young no breathing space all game. Right. Uh, they stay attached. They stayed attached to him at every second, always had a body on him. Uh, the Grizzlies didn't do that, and neither did the Cavs. And, but the Cavs were even a worse offender because they just lost him on a couple of possessions where it's, they just had some miscommunications with their young guys, and Trey was just getting wide open. I mean, it was wide open from, like, 30 feet, but still, like, that's, that's his shot. If he's open, he's, his feet are set, it's money. Uh, especially if you, if you don't even force him to make a dribble or make a move. Like, it's just – He's too good of a jump shooter just to give up those quality of looks that the Cavs were doing. So, like, the defense was really poor um, on the Cavaliers, but kudos to Trey Young for taking advantage and really dominating. Yeah, I'm still bitter about that Knicks game. For all the talk about freedom of movement and points of emphasis, they were letting Ron Baker just kind of body him up, just kind of, you know, full speed leaning on him. <laughs> they, they, weren't, yeah. they weren't emphasizing the points of emphasis for, for Mr. Baker. Yeah, that's true. But like, and, I know. If, we could, if we could talk about the previous two games to this one, like yeah. a big difference was the screens were just a lot. Like 
they were setting better screens. Like in general, they were they were getting separation uh, when the bigs were getting uh, making good contact on the on the uh, defender. Whereas you know the Nick game, they, they were kind of a bit passive, too scared to make uh, to make a maybe a potential offensive foul, but they weren't really being as physical as they needed to be. Whereas, you know, against the Cavs, you know, the Cavs were kind of easy marks on, on one hand, but at the same time, they just did in general, like the big men in general played much better. Right. It was a market improvement from the previous two games. Well, part of that I think is just Spellman. Like he's really good at it and he's big. Like he's just, it's hard to get around him. He's wide. And he didn't play much the first game, and he was hurt the second game. The third game, he was out there. He was plowing some pretty pretty big paths because you, if you got to pick which way to go around him, it's it's a long way around. And, and, you know, like in general, it's just great to see that both all three rookies had great games uh, right. in their own way last night. Uh, Spellman, you know, he finally got the jumper to go. But then as well, like, after a rough, he had a pretty rough first stint when he first got subbed in, but after that he kind of settled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, was in position defensively and then offensively, like he was setting some great picks. And he's a big dude. Like he can't. Like he's a like he only had one rebound, but he, you know, he helped control the boards and just really just putting a big body on Tristan Thompson. Like they kind of nullified him uh, once he once he once uh, Spellman really got going. Mm-hmm. notified both him and Kevin Love to an extent. You know, those are two of the best offensive rebounders in the game. And Spellman, he's just – he's strong. He's big. Um, and, you know, when, when he's not being challenged uh, quick with quickness, you know, he's in position. So, uh, he, he – defensively, I feel like, you know, he built off his first, you know, stint in the first game where he was actually pretty solid too. So, it's good, it's good for him. It's good that he's getting some – you know he's he's had some quality stints uh, coming out, considering you know his his limitations as a basketball player. And I, and I find that Lloyd Pierce has pretty has done a pretty good job of, um, I wouldn't say hiding him, but more or less, uh, you know, just <laughs> just not you know just right keeping him away from lineups that that could potentially uh, expose his weaknesses. Sure, because I, I I I find that Lloyd Pierce has a pretty good grasp of what his his individual players are strength strengths and weaknesses are and that's that goes into his uh lineup construction. Yep. Um I mean you saw it you saw it t- today with, you know, Vince Carter more or less got the Keith Bogans and what that means is that, you know, you're you're starting <laughs> right. but you only start the first what five or six minutes of the first and second half. So like he he, he was really quick with the hook on Vince Carter and he wanted to. I feel like he was trying to do that with the, in the Grizzlies game as well because, it, the, you know, to me the biggest difference was that ultimately, uh, what happened up uh, along with you know great shot making was defensively the Hawks finally strung some quality defensive possessions yep. and they were able to do so because you know Vince wasn't on the floor, Tyler Dorsey wasn't on the floor, and Miles Plumlee on the floor. Those three guys just. They just do not fit what the Hawks are able are capable of doing defensively when they're on the floor. They're just such easy marks in their own way, right? Um, that they they just can't generate stops when when one of those guys are on the floor, let alone two. And you know, with Spellman coming back, 
they were able to limit Vince's minutes. Yeah. And then also with Herter, you know, playing with the physicality and the athleticism that he needs to play with, which has been, I mean, his his last, I mean, his last two games have been a revelation. Like he was, he was really good in the. I found his his play in the Grizzlies uh, Grizzlies game to be pretty good too, where he was really getting after it on the glass. He was he was aggressive with his ball. He was trying to make plays for others, um, and he was looking for his shot. And that's and he carried that over to the Cavaliers, where you know he to me, you know, Trey had the game. But like he like Kevin Herter really opened the game up to me. Like he just just with his all around game. Um, and yep. going, know, going back great. to what you said, like you know, you mentioned that Carter and Plumley and Dorsey, you know, they affect the game defensively. If you have to play one of them or two of them, things go badly. You know, take taking Vince out of the equation and just the other two, you know, they affect the passing. Like if you look at the players that that Travis Schlenk seems to be wanting to put out there on the floor. It's like everybody that he brings in is a good passer. I mean, I guess he drafted Dorsey, but, you know, mid-second round. But most of his acquisitions, it seems like he's trying to get a critical mass of good passing out on the floor because, you know, once you do that, you know, it gets a little bit seamless. And when you put Dorsey and Plumlee out there, you know, Dorsey makes the occasional nice pass, but just he doesn't do it on a regular basis. The the plays stop and die with him sometimes. And when you have Herder and Spellman out there, they're willing and you know cognizant passers. They keep the ball moving so that that you know it seemed like all night long against a pretty bad Cavs defense, they were getting the right shot that they were supposed to get. They make quick decisions with the ball um, compared to you know Plum Plumley. Plumlee is Miles Plumlee. I don't. We don't need to. Sure. You know, I say that. I feel like I say that every pod, but that's fine. You know, it's it, it's but just a, he's just a known quantity at this point. But Dorsey, I mean, you can see his weaknesses. It's just it's just a tick too slow with him when the ball touches his hands offensively. Like if he's not scoring, it's just like the decision making is not there where you compare it to Herder and. You know he gets it. He gets an advantage on a guy. He sees the help coming and the pass is immediate. Yep. Um, he's just a he's a very good ball handler, and um, he he kind of you know Bembry was playing had had a lot of minutes at back on point, but to me it felt like Herder was taking on that responsibility as well, and I think that really helped Bembry out a lot. Like Herder helped out a lot of guys. He helped Trey Young get open threes. And I also felt like he helped Bembry just settle down and not, you know, right. just cough the ball up so much. It it also helped that Bembry wasn't playing alongside guys that can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 like in general, like with Herter being so good on really both ends of the floor, uh, it really just helped everybody else. Um, it just, it just helped everybody else play up to their strengths. And, you know, it would be interesting to see if they can carry this to their to the next game against the Mavs. But yes, I you, mean, you, you were talking about quick decisions with respect to Dorsey. You know, just to contrast two other players, um, I think if you look at Amari Spellman and Jeremy Lin, like there's a huge difference there. In when they're out on the perimeter and there there's a pass headed their way, Spellman is like getting into his footwork and his dip before the ball even gets there. Like he's setting up for that shot. And he's got a beautiful dip. He's got a beautiful, you know, light feet. So when the ball's coming his way, he's setting up for that shot. 
you know, even before the pass hits his hands. And, you know, his, his shot's kind of funky. Like, you know how you, the, the coaches tell you to keep your elbow in? He, like, overemphasizes mm-hmm. that. And he's got his elbow way in. And, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of arc on his shot either. I was kind of worried that that might be something that hindered his development from the college distance to the pro distance. But it doesn't appear to be. It looks pretty natural at this point just because of the other things that he does right. Um, but his his shot preparation is beautiful. And then, you know, on the other hand, right now at least, Jeremy Lin's having a hard time. When he gets the ball, he's getting it in situations where he should shoot and he doesn't believe in his shot and he hesitates. And then by the time he hesitates, he can't shoot it. And then all of a sudden he's forced into these drives that he just can't finish because the defense is setting up waiting for him. Yeah, uh, you know, we can get into the negative. Like, Jeremy Lin, <laughs> uh, he just doesn't – he has no confidence in his jumper, especially from three at all. It's just – like, it's not great from him. Uh, you know, he wasn't bad the first two games, but it, it was really noticeable um, tonight when – or last night where everybody has it going and, you know, he comes in the game and – you know, the ball, you know, he gets the pass, he's open, but he's not ready to shoot, so he has to take a dribble. And then it's like, well, like you said, the defense got set, and now the advantage, you know, the advantage play is over with, and now he has to create something out of nothing. Um, you know, athletically, he just doesn't look right to me. Uh, he he doesn't have the first step that he's, that he's really faint. Like, Jeremy Lin yep. has a great first step, and yep. it just hasn't been there, mm-hmm. except for – it, it was there. It was. I feel like it was there against the Heat um, in the last preseason game. So, yeah. like, it, it's just gonna. It's it's gonna take time with him to get get right athletically. But uh, I just you know, think hopefully he could he make gets, the game so much easier if he, you know, you can you can do the little things that help you get a first step if you just take that shot, you know, and make one of them and make the defense commit to you. And you know, he, he might not feel great about his shot, but he's still got to take those. He's just got to line them up and fire them, and that'll open up the rest of his game. Um, if he misses Agreed. a couple, he misses a couple. Just shoot the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a – he's just not confident at the moment, so hopefully he can get it together. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was interesting that he played alongside Trey Young uh, these past two games. Right. Um, against versus the, uh, the Grizz as well, so – you know, maybe maybe that can get him going. Um, we'll see. There's, you know, it's it's a long season, so, and I'm confident he, you know, he's a he's a smart player. He, I think he, I mean, he knows, and uh, sure, I feel like he'll he'll get it together. Uh, he'll get it together eventually. I have a question. Uh, another for you. negative. Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna add that. You know, Vince Carter. Like to me, uh-huh. Uh-huh. he's just such a. I mean, he's such a negative defensively. I'm not sure he can. I, I don't think you can't expect to, him to be playing this many minutes, and you know, have a chance to win a basketball game. Because, right? Like the to me, the biggest difference was that uh, beyond Plumley and Dorsey, like Vince Carter just can't. He can't move. Uh, you know, he got like when when they played the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies just beat him up, and so did the Knicks, and it's just. You know, he, he's not he, – he's 41 years old, and, you know, it's probably his last season. Um, he Like, I, I imagine the plan wasn't for him to play this much. Sure. Uh, I mean, the, the Hawks have this guy named John Collins 
He's he's going to take some but, minutes when he comes back. <laughs> not just John Collins, but you know Justin Anderson as well. Just okay. you know they had sure you know and even and even um and even Dwayne Dedman can play you know can play spot minutes at power four. Like sure. they they had options and like Vince Carter was going to be some guy who gets spot minutes to give you a boost offensively, but you know him playing so much has really been such a a negative defense because it's. It's odd to say that, you know, the Hawks have been playing decent defense when, you know, the three guys we've been talking about, Turner, I mean, uh, Plumlee, Carter, and uh, Dorsey don't play. Like, they've played decent minutes defensively. Right. Um, and that's with, you know, Trey Young being on the floor. He's supposed to be considered a negative. And, and he's not. <laughs> uh, you know, he's not a positive yet. No. Nope. He might be a slight. He might be a slight negative, but, like, there's a gulf of difference between Trey Young defensively and, say, Colin Sexton, who was sure. really bad um, defensively. So, And there's, like, moments. Like, right. there was that jump ball last night. And so, you know, Trey was basically defending his own basket after a jump ball on the other end. And the Cavs got the ball and got it down quickly. And all of a sudden, it's a mismatch where it's Trey Young against, like, Kevin Love. I think it was Kevin Love in the post. And just boom, 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 just pounded him and, and scored it. And if you isolate those moments, Trey Young looks bad. But what his real job is is, you know, to be functional guarding guards in the pick and roll, and he does that really well. Yeah, and it, and it helps that he, uh, you know, he's very handsy. So like, you know, guys can't just dribble by him. Like he will, like if you're careless with the basketball, he will take it from you. So yep, like he he does put that fear in the other point guards. So that's you know that's been good to see and. Really, the surprise, like the surprise, has been to me Herder uh, defensively. Uh, you know, he was good. Like to me, he was good in the Grizzlies game too, where he used his size, his length, and his athleticism to compensate for maybe his his lack of, you know, lateral quickness that he uh, probably doesn't have at the moment. But then, like against the Cavaliers, like he he on a couple plays just snuffed Jordan Clarkson, uh, mm-hmm. drive, dribble drives to the rim. Yep. And you know Jordan Clark is a good offensive player, so yep. you know let's we hopefully that can continue for him because you know that's just a that's just an added boost with the completeness of Herder's game that hey he he can be a quality defender and his rebounding has been I mean it's been eye opening because they they <laughs> needed they needed somebody else other than you know they they just needed help from somebody from that that position and you know typically we they got it from Dorsey but Dorsey's such a negative defender that if you can get that from Herder like that's that's a plus and that's something i didn't expect to see from him but mm-hmm. uh it's been good to see I, that I was that like, was my question that i had for you a couple of minutes ago i was watching the early stages of the game you know before he had racked up a ton of rebounds and i'm like what is he doing you know, every time the Hawks missed a shot, it was like Alex Len and Kevin Herter crashing the offensive glass. And I'm like, does does he really have that much free reign to just tr- go try to go and go get it, or you know, is he just kind of a rookie, <laughs> just kind of making mistakes of over aggression? Do Do you think he's they're really just going to kind of let him free like that? I mean, I I it you know, if Bud had been the head coach, then I I feel like I would know the answer, but. What do you think? You th- do you think Pierce is saying, "Hey, you know what? If you think you can go get it, go get it," because he was trying. Uh, it's probably the former. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Pierce is okay with Lynn doing 
doing that. Um, Alex Lynn, of course. Yeah. Uh, Herder was probably being a bit over aggressive to start, uh, you know, crashing the glass offensively. But, you know, at the same time, you know, at, in the second half, he was pick, he picked his spots better. He read the ball instead mm-hmm. of, you know, it's a, it's a difference. If you're reading the ball and you can see, hey, I have a chance at this, then yeah, yeah. go get it. I think that I think that's the difference. Um, maybe maybe in the first his first stint he was probably being a bit over aggressive, but he's such a smart basketball player um, that you know I think I, I I'm okay with trusting his instincts because they're really sound. Like I mean his passing is unreal for his age and his size. Like I mean we talk about Trey Trey Young is a great passer. Yep. I mean that's I mean at this point this is kind of a known quality, but quantity quality of his, but. Um, yeah, with Trey Young, it's more like a pick and roll passer, and with Herder, it's more like an open floor passer. Like when they're trying to move the ball down the floor in the break, he's going to be really good. Like he's he's getting guys easy shots. And it was so huge that he was getting on the defensive glass. He was just starting breaks that way. He was getting ball. Like in preseason, he wasn't doing any of this right. And this is it, he was in the rotation mm-hmm. like to start. He kind of lost his spot because he. Quite frankly, he, he had a terrible preseason. Right? Sure. Um, and, but, you know, these last two games, he's been a lot more aggressive, and it's really started with him rebounding the ball defensively and pushing the ball up the floor. He's gotten guys some open looks, and he's – like, he reads the game so well. Like, even in, even in, in the half court, like, it's pick and roll. Like, it's been, it's been sound where, you know, he's such a gifted shooter. Like, guys have to guard him. And then, you know – with his ability to drive by guys and then set guys up for open three points, his driving kick game, like he played, he played like a point guard uh, last night for for a stretch, you know, and you know he just had a heck of a game. So yeah, and I mean it's why it's the, the Hawks targeted him. It's why they drafted him. Uh, you know, nineteen they they were going to trade up to get him. Uh, uh, but you know he kind of fell in the draft, so they they lucked up that way. But uh, you know he's he's a he's a talent. He's a lottery talent. Um, that's what I thought he was uh, coming into the into this uh, into this draft, and it's good to see him show it for a game. Now let's see if he can uh, continue uh, continue with it. Yeah, you know, going back to the offensive rebounding that he was doing for a second, I think you know part of it is you know you you talk about you know knowing when you have a chance. I think the Hawks, you know, part of part of the factor in that whole equation is that the Hawks are taking 37 threes a game. And when you take that many threes, there are a lot more long offensive rebound chances. You're rebounding 15, 18 feet from the hoop, you know, and it might be, you know, a defensive player for the other team who might be able to get a hand on that rebound, but it's going to take them a second to kind of reel it all the way in. And some of those long rebound chances... I think Herter might have, you know, a good instinct on how to go and get the ball. And the other thing about Herter is, like, if you look at his – and the Hawks in their practice gym, you know, they got a couple of marker boards, a couple of whiteboards in the back where they put up, you know, every player's stats. And then on one of the boards they put, like, you know, the gym records, you know, who's done the best in this drill, who's done the best in that drill. And in, like, all the shooting drills, all the records belong to Herter. So, you know, he has – we haven't – you know, we've got such a small sample to go on at this point, but I think over time, you know, his size, his athleticism, if he's really that good of a shooter over the long haul, I think we're going to see it. Uh, you know, I, I tweeted this a lot during the, 
I, I've tweeted this a couple times about her, but, you know, if he adds the weight, he has everything to be, you know, like a star basketball player in this league. Like, he has the feel for the game offensively. He has the size. Uh, he has the athleticism. And the sh- his shooting, he's an elite-level shooter. Uh, he was at in college. Uh, he's done nothing to suggest he's not going to be that in the NBA. And, you know, if he can – if he can just put it all together and, um, you know, really get more confident in his body because you get, I mean, you can still see it even tonight where he would get by, he would get by his guy, but he would get bodied off the spot. But unlike what he was doing in preseason, like now he's not letting that deter him. He's still trying to get to where he wants to go. Right. And, you know, accepting the contact and then making the play with the pass instead of just avoiding it entirely. Um, so it's, like, I mean, he, he he just has a chance to be a great player in this league. Uh, you know, Trey Young is the star, is the, you know, the star guy that, you know, everybody's got their eyes on. But, you know, Herter, you know, Herter is somebody to look out for. I think I think he can, he has a chance to be really special in this league. And, um, you know, with with the, the combination of of his tool set and his basketball IQ, like he he can be a he can be a, a great basketball player in this in this league. Uh, last thing I, I, I want to hit on. Swoon. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've been a big fan of Herder since I saw him in the, the combine and saw his passing at his size. Like he's just, like he's just, there's just not that many guys his size with his ball skills and combined with his elite level shooting like this yep. and his athleticism too. Like there's real, like to me, really, there's no, there's no real flaw in this game. Currently, if you can say it's probably defense at the moment, um, but to me, it's defensively because he's weak. It's not because he's not, you know, he doesn't have the quickness to be good defensively. But even then, like, I mean, if you watch him off the ball, you see what he's doing. Like, he's helping and recovering. He's getting in, he's getting in guys' ways. Like, he's doing. I mean, he's such a smart basketball player. Uh, you know, he and Trey Young are both like very heady basketball players, and it's really aided him. Uh, you know, aided his aided the Hawks and really aided him uh, to compensate for his lack of strength at the moment. Just just being in the way and just being handy and using his length and athleticism to bother guys. You know, off the ball as well as on. Uh, but my my last point, you know, it's still it's early. It's three games. Hawks aren't going to have – Hawks probably aren't going to – I mean, they're going to shoot a lot of threes. There's probably going to be games where they, they score this many points um, and play this well. And there's also probably going to be some more games where, you know, it's like the Knicks where they – where if you want to see the difference between what, what – besides, you know, not playing, you know, the three guys we were talking about that much, um, it was a turnover. They stopped turning the ball over tonight. Mm-hmm. And they didn't foul, and that's really like they essentially gave themselves a chance to win the basketball game. The, the first two games of the season, like they were just throwing the ball away or they were fouling too much, and they never really gave themselves a chance to win the basketball game. And you know the difference uh, last night was that they, you know, they took better care of the ball. They weren't so careless, and you know they had a great, you know, they had a great night. Uh, just one last, actually. I meant to say is you have to be impressed with what Lloyd Pierce um, has been doing with this team. I, I will say um, he's been very fluid. Like I, 
like I thought he was going to do, he's been very fluid with his rotation. Nothing's really set in stone. Um, and he's been, he's been very quick to see, okay, Vince Carter is clearly getting, like Vince Carter's clearly my weak point defense. I got to get him out early. Like I'm going to sub him early. He subbed him early in the Grizzly game too, but, you know, Porter has gotten foul trouble and, I was, and, you know, with no Spellman, he only has so many options. Uh, right. We saw a bit of, we, we've seen a bit of Torian at the four these last two games. And I feel like defensively Torian's been a lot better, but, um, you know, just in general, like Lloyd Pierce, he has a good idea what his guy's strengths and weaknesses are as basketball sure. team. And, you know, he's really, and, and besides all that point, like getting up 46 threes in a basketball game, like that's just, you know, you got a coach, when, when you got a coach that understands that, hey, you know, the NBA is a three-point league, like get this shot, get, get your three-pointers up, like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's, what, that's what you have to do in this league now. That, that's today's game and, you know, limit the threes of the other team and don't foul as much. Like, you know, in general, like I've liked Lloyd Pierce's process as a coach, uh, especially with his offensive approach and really with his lineups where he's, he's trying to highlight the strength of, you know, guys who are talented but do have flaws in their game that can be – exploited if they're not, you know, supplemented with complementary pieces. And so, uh, you know, Pierce has kind of identified his good basketball players. And, you know, we'll see if this continues going forward. Hopefully we hear some good news with, uh, you know, Collins and Deadman and we get them back sooner than later because then, you know, you can really see – I mean, you can you can already see how John Collins is going to be a beast in this offense with how well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, just with how well passing basketball, like he just, like, he's just going to dominate inside. And that's just going to open up the game even more for guys like Herter and uh, Trey. But uh, if, you know, if, overall, you know, pretty okay. cool first three games. Um, and, uh, you know, it's great to see from the young team. Do you have to go, or do you got a few more minutes? Uh, I got a couple. I'm, okay. I'm stretching it for you, but uh, right. I got a couple more minutes. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you a question. I can carry on solo for a few minutes after you go here, but like, if everybody's healthy and you've got you know, Len, Collins, Deadman, um, and let's say Spellman as your power forwards, you know, how, how would you... How would you go about pairing? Like, who who do you want starting? I guess is the big question. And you know, how how do you try to pair up the rest? Like, who's, who's um, who, who fits together best? I think it doesn't matter with Collins, but I'd probably do Collins and Deadman just because they played so like they were really good together last season. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see a reason. You know, Alex Green was better um, tonight, but. To me, there are some weaknesses in this game. He can get out-muscled uh, by the stronger guys in this league. Um, so I would, you know, be cognizant of that. And, you know, Deadman just, you know, Deadman and Collins have such a rapport that I wouldn't really, you know, break that up if I don't. But, you know, Alexander's played so well, like, I don't think that, that pairing really matters. To me, Poitras is probably the mainstay backup for uh, just because he has more versatility defensively compared to like to me, Spellman is just at the moment like he's just too slow to be a four. Um, the Hawks got away with it against the Cavs because the Cavs don't really have. I mean, the Cavs have Kevin Love and he's slow. Yeah, he's pretty good. 
<laughs> I mean, he's good, but he's slow, right? Okay. You know, he can't really take it. He can't really take advantage of Spellman. You know, Spellman's slow at the four, and he also can't contain dribble penetration from guards. And the Cavs are pretty like the Cavaliers are are a limited basketball team. Uh, sure. You know, it's. I, I think you wanted to bring up about uh, you know that top ten protected pick. It, it looks like based on you know J.R. Smith and Kyle Corver not playing it just that they're probably going to not get that top 10 protected pick. Um, the, the Cavs seem to be fully embracing a rebuild, at least early on, because they, they play like Chetty was really bad. He's had some quality games, but Chetty and Colin were terrible um, last night. And, Chetty and who? Uh, Colin Sexton. Oh, okay. Pretty bad for the Cavs. Sure. Um, last night, and they had some they, – they, I mean, they had some – Quality that is that they could have played but decided not to, and you know the the Cavs might be just be going in a different direction, probably wisely because you know LeBron James isn't there anymore. But mm-hmm. you know, to me, you know, all that is to say is that you know Spellman he does have flaws in his game defensively, whereas Poitras, you know, he's more sound, can move his feet, and is more versatile. So to me, I have Poitras. And then Spellman as the third, you know, the fifth big on the roster. I mean, there's still going to be there's going to be plenty of minutes because guys get in foul trouble. I mean, guys at some point you have like to send Poitras back, though. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a 45 day Honestly, guy. Honestly, I I would I would wager that they're just going to convert his contract because he's. I mean, then you got to get rid of somebody. Like, well, they're probably just going to get rid of somebody. I don't know who it doesn't really no wait, wait, wait. no not just they're gonna get somebody like if, if you're advocating for this what are you gonna do what's your decision what would you do what how, um how are you making that I'm spot probably I'll probably try to get a injury thing with uh hamilton because he i don't think he's gonna be close or justin anderson or somebody you can't get an injury thing i mean you have to have like a critic you have to have like four or five guys that are hurt so for like hamilton you just have to like wave him. There's no like injured list or anything like that for him. You either have well, to then play. they'll probably wait. Like I like Portrus is too good defensively to not be playing. Okay. Uh, and they 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 need qual- like this team needs needs Portrus on the floor. It's just, I mean, Portrus you can pro- you can play John Collins at the five. If you have Portrus in the game, you know, helping him out um, athletically. Whereas, you know. If, if Spellman's on the floor, Spellman, Spellman and Collins on the floor, Spellman is the five. Uh, just because sure. he just he, he he athletically like his quickness, he just isn't where it needs to be. Like he's just not there. Uh, so like, but you know that's how I pair it. I mm-hmm. just you know go with uh, those those five guys, and that's you know it's a lot better than what they've been doing. Um, you know, it's it's Spellman had a great game offensively, and you know he's been a he's been a boon for the on the glass. Um, why, I mean, again, he only had one rebound, but he was a big reason why Herder had ten because you know he kept the big boys from uh, you know getting good uh, position, and that's probably more important. But you know, Spellman has some hold, holes in his game, and there's. I mean, it's earlier. It's, you know, some like I said before, guys, random injuries are going to continue to happen probably, and there's going to be plenty of minutes available for Spellman sure. 
as well. But, you know, if everybody's healthy, I'd probably go with Poitras as the primary backup for because he's – like, it's just him and John Collins. Like, to me, those are the only really guys who can play the four on this team. He, Poitras, and then Torian Prince when you're playing small ball. But outside of that, like, it's not – the options just aren't there. Maybe you can add Justin Anderson uh, right. when he gets healthy, but right. you know, with all that, all that is to say, like the power four position has been a massive weak spot since John Collins has not been healthy. They really don't have anybody who can do what John Collins can do on either end of the floor. But Porter's athletically can at least he offers he offers something that you know nobody else on this roster besides John can. Um, with his size, athleticism, and strength, um, so I, that that's what I would go with. But um, you know, I think the more interesting uh, interesting question is that maybe you know now with you know Jeremy Lynch struggling and Bembry kind of showing, you know, the Hawks have been. I mean, with Jeremy Lynch struggling, like you could see Bembry, you know, taking more more of Jeremy Lynch's minutes at the one. Um, right. That that might be something going forward, but uh, yeah, that's that's about it. I, you know, you, I know you love Selman, uh, and he had a great game, but you know, it. He he's got a ways to go. There's still some oh, things sure. he's got to clean up. And, and and like ultimately, it's just that Selman is just too too slow to play the four. Like if he were if he, he he needs to you know, he's still got some stuff he has to work on with his body. He's gotten it's impressive that he we said it before, he was just he was over three hundred pounds what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. And he he's done a great job to get down to two fifty, but he still he still he still gotta cut down maybe ten to fifteen more pounds. He's gotta get on that do what something similar to uh former Hawk Mike Scott did was really work on his body to get to a point where you know, he can play, he can be more, if he can get down to a certain point, then he can play both the four and the five and really open up his his versatility as a basketball player. Because, again, offensively, he's really good. And, uh, you know, tonight he showed why he was a first-round talent, why the Hawks took him the 30th overall pick. But, you know, there's probably going to be nights where he's really bad defensively. So, we'll see. Um, but uh, I got to go, Kevin. All right. It's been great. All right. Thank you, sir. No problem. All right. Have a good one. You too. Carrying on here a little bit. If if I were answering the same question of how to pair up the bigs, you know, as good as Dwayne Dedman is, you know, he might be, I mean, I guess Collins is clearly the, the best big, but just in terms of having as few weaknesses as possible, I think that might be Dwayne Dedman just because of how good he is defensively. And because he can stretch the floor offensively, I'm inclined to put John Collins next to Len so that, you know, you still got the screen setting for Trey Young. If presuming Trey Young is a starter, Alex Len is a starter, you, know, you keep that good pick and roll feel going and put Collins next to him. And, you know, they could take turns setting screens for, for Trey Young. And, and, you know, just as equally spacing the floor, because I think they both can shoot Lenny and Collins. And then defensively, I would like to have Deadman next to Spellman. Like Tyler said, Spellman's not a great defender at this point, but I think you can come up with some interesting pairings as far as, you know, who guards who defensively. 
if you had Deadman and Spellman next to each other. Um, you know, you could keep Poitras in Erie. You could avoid the roster decision. I think, you know, Poitras gives you a lot of stuff defensively, but not as much offensively. I think Justin Anderson's going to be better if you need. Poitras is bigger, and to call him a small ball four just isn't really right. But he has that kind of mobility defensively. I think, you know, Justin Anderson can be a much better offensive option in terms of shooting, spacing the floor, and give you 85% as much defensively as Poitras does. So, you know, I'm, I am I would just still play Spellman as much as possible with, you know, Justin Anderson as a fill-in if needed, and, you know, keep Poitras as your eerie option. Um, because, I mean, I just think that the rookies, they learn from playing more than anything else. I mean, it's nice to have them out there for a few minutes a game, you know, in the fourth quarter, if, you know, it's a blowout one way or the other, you get them in there, get them something. But that's not really what they learn from. I am I just want to have Spellman out there learning. I think the more he plays, the better he'll be, the more he'll work on his body. Um, so I would, I would have Spellman out there. So I, I guess I have a different, different opinion than what Tyler thought about that subject. But just one last thing to be complete Debbie Downer here on the, the finish line. You know, the weird thing that that Trey Young game reminded me of last night was Brandon Jennings. When he was a rookie, he had a 55-point game at home. It was like his ninth or 10th game, so it was really early in the season. And he scored 55 on a Golden State team that had Steph Curry and Monte Ellis he got a bunch of it in the fourth quarter late. It was it kind of set the fan base into a delirium. Like, look at this rookie. Look at what we've got. You know, what are the limits for this kid? Because he just scored 55 points. And I know I I mentioned Brandon, Brandon Jennings as, as a Trey Young comparison when he was, you know, either first drafted or right before the Hawks drafted him. And... You know, that, that game last night and how ridiculous and how, how far Trey Young's game just kind of went off the chain, you know, went off the rails. It, it reminded me of that Jennings game. So, you know, be careful, temper your expectations. Um, and that's not to say that, uh, that Trey Young isn't going to have a better career than Brandon Jennings. He is. Okay. He just is. He's a better defender. Even though they're about the same size, he's stronger. He's a better shooter. He's a better passer. You know, Jennings is always an underrated passer, but Trey Young is way above that. So, you know, it's not the same, but it is kind of the same because that kind of game early on can just take expectations and just blow them up exponentially when that's not a fair thing to do for a young kid. You know, they were both one and dones coming out of college. Uh, Brandon's one, so to speak, was done overseas, and of course, Trey at Oklahoma. But, you know, just, just keep your your expectations tempered a little bit. Keep them realistic. Um, because, you know, that kind of a game early on, as as important as it is to incite, excite the fan base and get people out to State Farm Arena and, and you know, build on, you know, just fan support. The Hawks need that. Uh, they haven't had that much compared to other NBA teams in recent years. And so it's important for that. But at the same time, you have to kind of, 
kind of be realistic in, in the expectations. Oh, and shout out to Bill Simmons. That was a really important Rajon Rondo tweet that you sent out 10 minutes after Trey finished scoring 35. In the last week or so, you've seen Kyle Lowry dapping an imaginary DeMar DeRozan in the pregame tunnel when DeRozan wasn't there. Uh, I think last night, Stephen Adams did an imaginary handshake with Nick Collison uh, when Collison wasn't there. So I'm, I'm finishing this up by myself. So I'm just going to do, I'm just going to give Tyler some imaginary dap and end that way. So uh, talk to you again soon. And, and thanks for listening.